Well, good morning, church. So glad to be together in we, when we cannot be together. You do understand what I mean when I say that, don't you? It comes from the second chapter of Acts, in verse 44, where it says, as you're reading in your Bible, and they were together and had all things in common. In the Greek language, there are two words for together. One means to be together in the same place, and the other means to be together in one heart and mind. And these two words come together in verse 44. So it literally says, and they were together, together. Together in one place, and together in one heart and mind. Well, obviously, we can't be together in one place, but we certainly can be together in one heart and mind. Loving our Lord, praising Him as we've done already this morning, and then going to His Word and just allowing our hearts to be transformed by His incredible power. We're back in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, as we finish the last two verses of that chapter. So if you'll be turning there in your Bible, uh, you have already had opportunity to download our notes for this uh, uh, sermon today. So I hope if you haven't already done that, pause uh, your device and go download that where you'll have those in your hand. Join me as we read from God's Word now from John chapter 15 and beginning with verse 26. Jesus is speaking and he says, But when the Helper, that's Holy Spirit, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you will also testify, bear witness, same word. You will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Pray with me if you will, please. Father God, we just want to bless you and praise you that in the counsel of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, from before time began, not only did you plan the creation of this world, but you planned the redemption of all of mankind. We come before you today to worship you and adore you, to praise you, and to bring our lives into line with your word and your way. Open your heart to us as we open our heart to you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. We find ourselves in an incredibly unique time right now. In our history, it has been a century or more since we've had the kind of shelter-in-place orders that we have now to in order to protect ourselves and those all around us from the spread of disease. We're called on to take the unusual precautions that we're taking even now. But as Christians, we're not called upon to just hunker down, to shelter in place, to uh, push out the rest of the world and just keep to ourselves. This is a time unparalleled for us to be able to share the love of God, to share our story of how we have been redeemed and transformed by His incredible power, to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to see this as an opportunity. It doesn't hinder us that we're in a shelter-in-place order. It gives us an opportunity, especially in our neighborhoods, to get very creative is how we can reach out with the love of God, share our own story of redemption, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. The world is in a state of panic. It's in a state of fear and utter anxiety. We can come into this bearing witness of peace, bearing witness of hope, and bearing witness of assurance. 
And when we do, we need to remember this. We need to remember we never bear witness to Christ alone. You know, many times when we think of sharing our faith or sharing the gospel, sharing our story, we get a little anxious. We might even begin to break out in a sweat, not be able to swallow. It's not unusual and it's not unnatural for us to be a little anxious when it comes to that. Here's what I want you to know today. You and I are never alone when we share our story, when we share the gospel. We are never, ever alone. And we're going to see this jumping off the page at us here today. Every time you and I take opportunity to share our story, to share the gospel, I want you to hear from the Word of God today that God the Father is right there bearing witness with us. That God the Son is the one who has borne our uh, sins on the cross and is the one who makes it possible for us to be forgiven and by Him rising from the dead that we can have His eternal life. And we have the witness of the Holy Spirit who is testifying with us. We have the witness of the church from all ages bearing witness with us. And we also have the fellowship of the gospel right now with brothers and sisters in Christ right here at First Baptist Church. You and I will never ever witness alone and that's an encouragement that's an encouragement to my heart as we pick up our study of the gospel of john we find jesus preparing his disciples for what's going to happen this started way back in the 13th chapter we've been studying it verse by verse and we come now to the end of the 15th chapter jesus has just done, said something alarming he said now this world is not going to receive your witness very easily. You're going to find times that you're persecuted. This world hated me, Jesus speaking of himself, and because it's hated me, it's going to hate you as well. He'll go further, as we'll learn next week, to say even the shocking words from chapter 16, verse 2, they will put you out of the synagogue, and yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he has offered God a service. Wow. Jesus is trying to prepare his beloved disciples. That it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be smooth sailing when you go out into this world. They were expecting right away for the kingdom of God to be established. They were expecting right away for Rome to be cast out. They were expecting right away for Jesus Christ to be the king that would be on the throne of Israel right then. And here the Son of God, their Lord, is telling them it's not going to be that way. So once again, he, he has to share with them a message that's going to trouble their hearts. But part of the answer to that is letting them know you will not go through this alone. You will not go through this alone. And we pick up the first part of that message here today. Even in a time of persecution, Jesus is saying to the disciples, you must be faithful in your witness to me. You must be faithful in sharing how you have been changed and transformed and redeemed by my power. This is a time for boldness, not a time to huddle in and to shut the world out. It's a time to reach out to the world. What is the boldness? What is the confidence that we can have? Let's look at the Scriptures. You never witness alone, first of all, because the Father 
is bearing witness about the Son. Look at verse 26, the first part of that. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. You see, sharing your faith is something always that we're partnering with God the Father when we do. Because He has always bore witness to His Son. And we want to look at that for just a minute. There, there are four essential ways that we see right here in the Scriptures that God the Father is consistently bearing witness to His Son. First of all, He bore witness through the Scriptures, the Hebrew Scriptures specifically. The writer of Hebrews, when he's reaching back and taking all the teachings from the Old Testament and applying Christ to that, he says in chapter 1 and verse 1, uh, excuse me, uh, he, he says that this is the testimony that goes all the way back in time. In John 5, 39, here's what Jesus said. He said, you search the Scriptures. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But these testify of me. Then in Luke 24, he told the disciples these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things that are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms will be fulfilled. God the Father testified of His Son by what He shared in the ancient Scriptures. In the Old Testament as we know them, Jesus knew them just as the Scriptures. Of all of the ways that things that bear witness of Christ, we find as we study the book of Romans, as some of us have been doing here of late, that creation itself bears witness that Jesus is indeed the Christ. God the Father never leaving His Son without a witness. So, the Father does this through the witness of the Scriptures. And secondly, the Father testifies of the Son through the divine works that Jesus himself did. In John chapter 5 and verse 36, Jesus is speaking to his adversaries now, the, the enemies, those who were against him, and he says this, the works which the Father has given me to accomplish, these very works I do, and they testify about me because the Father has sent me. So what, what is the Father doing? The Father is giving to the Son the works that he are to do that are signs that he is indeed the Son of God, the Son of the Father. He declares later in chapter 10 and verse 25, these all testify of me. And in verse 37, he challenged his opponents, if, you do not, if I do not do the works of my Father, you do not believe me. He did the works the Father gave him to testify of him as to who he was and that there were many who would not believe. Peter would later uh, affirm in Acts 2, 22, that Jesus was, quote, attested by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him. What does this mean? God the Father was testifying that Jesus was indeed his son. He was the Messiah by all of the works that the Father gave him to do. The Father testifying of the Son through his works. Third, the Father made some rather direct statements regarding Jesus. And these are critical because God the Father is speaking and speaking about His Son. 
Specifically, I'm talking about at Christ's baptism as recorded in Matthew chapter 3. The Father's voice said uh, from heaven, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Mm. As Peter reflected on the events of the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus was transformed in his appearance, and, and Moses and Elijah stood there as well, he, he said this, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. That's in Second Peter chapter 1. So by his own direct words, God the Father is testifying of who Jesus is. And finally, God testifies, as we see in this verse, by sending His Holy Spirit, by sending the Helper, who is the Spirit of truth that comes right from the heart of the Father. Now, that's where we get our second witness. So God the Father is the first witness. You and I never witness alone, because God the Father is always witnessing of who the Son is. But the second witness is the Spirit of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three are all one. And by the way, as a side note, this is one of the passages you'll find in your Bible where all three persons of the Godhead are specifically addressed at the same time. Those who teach, well, there's no such thing as the Trinity, need to go to the Word. And this is one of several verses that makes it abundantly clear God is one, but He is three as well. So the Holy Spirit always is bearing witness to the Son. You never witness alone because God the Father is witnessing along with you. And God the Holy Spirit is witnessing along with you. Let's, it says right here in the latter part of verse 26, He, the Holy Spirit, will testify about me. He will bear witness. He will testify about me. This is not the only place. Holy Spirit's ministry to those who are lost is to testify to them that Jesus is indeed the Christ. He will be convicting their hearts. But of what? Of the truth of who Jesus is. Let me read to you from John chapter 1 and verse 32. John testified saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. So John the Baptist was adding his testimony to the testimony of Holy Spirit. That when Holy Spirit descended out of heaven in the form of a dove and rested upon the Son. And then as when God thundered from heaven, His affirmation. Again, one of those passages that has three parts of the Trinity all in one. John the Baptist bearing his witness alongside Holy Spirit. In 1 John 
chapter 5 and verse 6, John writes, This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with water only, but with water and the blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the Spirit of truth. You and I never bear witness. We never testify alone. Because Holy Spirit is always there within us. And He's adding His witness, His testimony to ours as well. Now another part of Holy Spirit's ministry is to us as believers. And part of what He does is He testifies to the reality of our faith. Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So when you and I testify that Christ is the Lord, Holy Spirit is they adding his testimony, adding his witness to mine and yours. We never testify alone. We can be bold in our testimony because we never, ever testify alone. Another part of his ministry to believers is the way that he communicates to our heart what the Father and the Son is communicating to him. Holy Spirit bears witness in our heart to what the Father and the Son are communicating. And we find that in John 16. We'll begin to that in depth in another couple of weeks. But in verse 13 he says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Listen. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, meaning what he hears from the Father and the Son, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, Jesus is saying, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. So you see, Holy Spirit has this unique role. With the lost people, he is pricking their heart, and he's drawing them, he's drawing them to the gospel. He's drawing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you and I come along and personify and give voice and body in our testimony, when we speak of how we have been redeemed and what the gospel is that has redeemed us, when we do this, Holy Spirit is speaking into those hearts and speaking the truth because He's the Spirit of truth. And He's adding His witness to ours. You and I cannot. It's impossible for us to witness alone. The Father is bearing witness to the Son. And the Holy Spirit is bearing witness to the Son. But I want to share with you the third point. We're not alone. Because we're joining our voices with the voice of the church of God from all ages. Bearing testimony to Jesus. He goes on to say in verse 27. And you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. Now see, the initial recipients, those who Jesus is speaking to immediately, are the 11 disciples. Judas is already gone at this point. Are the 11 disciples. They were the ones, we call them apostles. And, and we find out in, uh, in Acts that they were referred to as the apostles because they had been with him from the beginning. When they had to get a replacement for Judas, when they went looking, they went looking for people who had been a part of Jesus' band of followers from the very beginning. These are the apostles. And so they were the ones who primarily 
Jesus is, uh, it was speaking to this. But, but listen, because of their testimony, you and I, you and I are saved. You and I have come to faith to Jesus Christ because one of these 11 bore witness to one of our great, great, great forefathers, and they were saved, and they passed. We can, when we get to heaven, we'll be able, each and every one of us, to trace our spiritual lineage all the way back to one of these 11. Every one of us will. Why? Because of their testimony, they gave the truth to the next generation, who gave it to the next generation, who gave it to the next generation until it comes to our generation. So the church has been bearing witness of the Lord. In Acts chapter 2, <clears throat> in verse 32, it, as Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost, he said, God has raised Christ up again, to which we are all witnesses. We're witnesses of this truth. And he said it again in his second sermon over in the third chapter. When you go to Romans chapter 15 and verse 19, listen to what Paul wrote. He says, in the power of the Spirit, I fully preached the gospel of Christ. You see, Holy Spirit is is empowering us to share our witness. And it's a powerful witness indeed. You know, the Lord refused to water down the gospel even as he preached. What was it he preached? Here's a word that comes over and over again in the scriptures. That Jesus preached. John the Baptist before him preached. And that word is the word repent. Repent is a simple word. It means to change your attitude and actions, to change your direction. If I'm walking right towards you at home right now, and I repent of that, I'll turn around 180 degrees and walk directly away from you. Repentance is part of the gospel. Repentance is turning away from doing life my own way and turning to doing life the way God has called me to. Repentance is I turn away from my sinful lifestyle and I turn towards a godly lifestyle. I turn away from doing things my way and I turn to God and I want to submit to Him and do things His way. Jesus never watered down the gospel. He never watered down the call to repentance and neither should you and I. If you've been following our study on Wednesday nights in the first John, you notice that even this last week, as we studied from the second chapter of First John, verses 3 through 6, that this was one of the vital tests as to whether or not someone was genuinely saved and could have an assurance of their salvation, is if we profess to know Christ, we're going to walk in the light even as He is in the light. And disobeying the commandments, nobody judges us, but we judge our own selves as not being his follower. So Christ did not water down the gospel, and neither should you and I. When the apostles stood before the Sanhedrin, the ruling body of the Jews in that day, they were fearless in their proclamation of the gospel. Listen, if you will, from part of this is from the fifth chapter uh, of Acts. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you put to death by hanging him on a cross, he is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as prince and a savior to grant repentance, there's that word, to Israel 
and the forgiveness of sins. And listen, and we are witnesses of these things. And so is Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. So what was happening there? Holy Spirit emboldened them. And there was the testimony of the Father and the testimony of Holy Spirit. And then to that, the testimony of believers, the testimony of the church at that time. That's the, the third group that's testifying with us. You and I never testify alone. We never bear witness alone because God the Father is witnessing with us. God the Holy Spirit is witnessing with us. And the church of Jesus Christ throughout all the ages are bearing witness with us. So finally that comes to the final link in this chain, and that's you and I. Believers today bear witness to the Son. If you turn over to the, gospel, to, uh, the book of Acts, chapter 1, there's a powerful verse there, and here's where in, in, in Jesus' very own words, Holy Spirit anointed Luke to record these words right here and listen to them and listen to their power, but you shall receive power after Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You, you know something? You and I are among the uttermost. You and I are saved because some people went from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth, and we received the gospel. As modern believers, you and I uh, are the final link in this witness chain before this lost world. Our lost neighbors, our lost family members as well. So Jesus here is describing how Holy Spirit's witness and our witness blend together to bring the gospel and our story of having received the gospel into the hands of those we love. They're inextricably linked together. Holy Spirit's witness and ours at this time. So vital was Holy Spirit's power here that Jesus made it very clear to the disciples. He said, don't you leave Jerusalem until the gift of the Holy Spirit has been bestowed upon you. He knew that they had to have Holy Spirit's empowering, His illumination, his inspiration in order to effectively bear witness. Christians today, we are not eyewitnesses of Christ walking on earth, but we are witnesses to what he's done in our lives. And we're witnesses to what is said in the word of God about him. We have to bear our witness. Paul writes in Romans 10, Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Simple as that. But here's the question. How will lost people know to call upon the name of the Lord in order to be saved if nobody tells them? If nobody bears witness to them? This is where you and I are vital links in this chain. Here's the way uh, it's put in, in uh, verse in verses. Um, Romans chapter 10, but later on in verse 14, it says this. How then they will call upon him who they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And the word there is not so much a preacher, is a proclaimer. 
And a proclaimer is a witness, is somebody who bears testimony. How will they hear without somebody to proclaim? How will they preach unless they're sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good tidings of good news. That's you and us. How was it you got saved? Let me tell you what the Bible says, how it was you got saved. Very clear. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So when you and I blend our witness with God the Father, God the Son, the Church of all ages, and the Church of Jesus Christ right here today that we're a part of, that combined testimony as we share the gospel, then faith can come by people hearing the truth of the Word of God. And we must do that. Because the preaching of the cross and the resurrection is still the message and the power in which men are redeemed. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 25. So, where are we to go with this? Where are we to go with this? I want you to understand Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you are never alone. You have no reason to be afraid. When the time comes, the opportunity presents itself for you to share a bit of your story of how you've been saved, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ that includes repentance from sin. I want you to know that there will be a surge of boldness coming through you spiritually. Because you're not going to witness alone. God the Father is going to be bearing His witness with yours. God the Son is going to be the one who gives that message because it's His message, the message of His cross and resurrection. And God the Holy Spirit bearing testimony of the two. And you're not by yourself. The church of centuries surrounds you. Some of the great cloud of witnesses that are talked about in Hebrews are watching you as you share your faith and they're applauding and encouraging and praying for you. And you know what? I never share my faith alone because I'm a part of a faith community. And that faith community is called First Baptist Church of Blairsville. And you and I are together in every witness that is shared. You never bear witness alone so as we come to these unparalleled times of fear and anxiety so much uncertainty of not understanding what's going on with this COVID-19 that we're still discovering new things about this virus and how it works and how we're having to be very careful to shelter in place and to take very special hygiene efforts and, and wear our mask and wear our gloves when we're out in public and social distancing all of this we're taking these precautions, but listen to me. We have opportunity to speak into the fear, into the anxiety, into the hopelessness that in many people pervade this, this time. We get to speak peace. We get to speak hope. We get to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ into this time. So as you're talking with your neighbors, as you're on the phone with them, as you're doing FaceTime and, and chatting, as you're doing Zoom, as you're doing your community work, your, your neighborhood encouragement, 
look for, long for, pray for, anticipate opportunities to share your faith, to share your story of how you've come to faith in Christ and been transformed, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But know, my dear brother and sister in Christ, know that you know that you know that you never do this alone. You're always surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. God the Father, God the Son, the church of all ages, and your faith community in which you live in right now. You'll never, ever witness alone. Let me speak for just a moment for those of you who've never taken the opportunity to put your faith your trust in Jesus Christ. You've never come to that point in your life that you've asked Jesus to come into your heart, to cleanse you and to forgive you, to be the boss in your life. You've never realized the need to repent, to turn away from the way you've always done things and turn to the Lord God. I want you to know something, my friends. As much as I care for you, I have to speak to you the truth. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now these are, are very explicit singulars in the Greek. I am the one and only truth. I'm the one and only way. I'm the one and only life. And then he said, and no man will come to the Father except by me. Those are his words, not mine. Not interpreted just the way they appear in the scriptures. Folks, the only way you'll ever have eternal life, the only way I can give you hope and peace in the future, is to beg you in Jesus' name to embrace him as your Lord and as your Savior. He's proven his love for you. Because he took all of your sins and mine upon himself. And when he died on the cross, it was to where he would take our full punishment for sin upon himself. And he was buried. But three days later, he rose from the grave in order to give to those who would believe in him eternal life. His life. The life of the ages. And right now, you can receive that gift. Right now, you can receive eternal life. And I would ask you to please right now, pray with me. I ask you to pray with me. If you're by yourself, you can pray out loud. If you're somebody else, you can or you don't have to. It's some prayer is something that comes from the heart more than from the mouth. Let your heart bear witness right now. And if this is the desire of your heart, pray along with me. Dear God, right now I dare to believe that when Jesus died on the cross it was to take my sins upon himself when he died he took to take my punishment upon himself and when he rose again it was so I could experience his life Father God right now I confess to you that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I confess my sins to you. And right now, with everything that is in me, I want to turn away from doing things my own way. 
And I want to turn to You. I want to stop depending on me and utterly depend on You. I give You my life as best I know how. I give You my life right now and receive Your eternal life. Come into my heart. Be the boss and the king and the ruler of my life. I yield control of my life to You. Come, Lord Jesus. Be my Savior. Be my King. In Your name do I pray. Amen. Listen, dear friend. I want to hear from you. The Bible says that right now the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. I want to join in some of that rejoicing. I want to join in some of those hallelujahs. Will you call us here at the church? Will you contact us by email? Will you somehow get in touch with us and just say, hey, I want to let you know I prayed with the preacher. That's all you need to say. We want to give you some scripture that will encourage you. We want to love on you, even across the phone or in any way we can. Thank you so much for doing that. Now, for just a moment, let me speak to my brothers and sisters in Christ. It is only natural sometimes in the weakness of our faith to be sometimes reticent, to share the gospel. We're afraid we might get something wrong. We might say the wrong thing. We may not remember it all. Folks, Holy Spirit is there to embolden you. He's there to remind you what you need to say, to give you the verses that, that He can pull right back out of your memory. Right now, will you join me and let's pray to the Lord and, and just commit ourselves to be bold to Him because we have the witness of the Father, the witness of the Spirit, the witness of the church of all ages, and the witness of the fellowship of the faithful now. Pray with me, please. Father God, Forgive me for those times that I've been afraid. Forgive me for those times that I've not taken advantage of opportunities that you brought to my path. Lord, sometimes when I get anxious, I just need you, Holy Spirit, to fill me with the boldness that you filled the early disciples with. Not to be cruel or crass or mean, but in all love, to speak the gospel into the lives of those you give me. Right now, I'm encouraged, Lord. I'm encouraged by the witness of the Father, the witness of the Spirit, the witness of the church, and the witness of my faith community. Holy Spirit, make me bold to take every opportunity to speak truth to my neighbors and friends and help me get creative how to do that in these difficult times. Thank you even now for the way you're going to embolden me later today and tomorrow and next week to be unashamed in sharing the gospel. Let it be so, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Dear family, until we can get together again and be together together, know that we hold you in our heart. Please let us witness to you and minister to you in any way we can. Call the church office. We're here all the time seeking to minister to you in this very difficult time and ministering to our community. Thank you so much. God bless you.